Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takesbyfans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, However you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today is a big old Friday. That means we have to adjust our power rankings in the NBA. And man, oh man, do we have some movement going on this week, folks. Yes, we do. Three new teams will be emerging here in our power rankings. And, and... We got a new number one, folks. I'm putting a new number one here, so we've got that today on the show. We're also going to be, obviously, breaking down the NBA from last night, doing a moneymaker, because, you know, we, we hit the one that we liked, the one that we felt the most confident about, but then those other ones that we used to kind of beef it up, uh, our moneymaker kind of let us down a little bit. Um, and then, um, you know, doing the stories of the day. So let's just jump right into it here. A nice old Friday, end of the work week. Let's get it going. Here we go. First story up. Well, we know Juju Smith-Schuster signed back with the Steelers, which uh, before um, that, I, 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 when we knew Big Ben was coming back, that's when I knew, all right, that's all right. I think Juju Smith-Schuster will resign. But when we were kind of wondering what was going to happen what was going to happen with Big Ben this season? Um, I really thought, you know, Juju was going to move. But then once, you know, uh, you know, they re-signed Big Ben for like, you know, one cheeseburger uh, because they did not want to pay that man anymore. Uh, then we knew that Juju Smith-Schuster was probably going to kind of run it back with Big Ben. But uh, so... He does end up re-signing with the Steelers, which we all know. But where he could have gone, he says that he almost went to the Steelers. That was probably going to be his second choice if uh, if he did not return to the Steelers. So uh, Andy Reid, or yeah, Andy Reid was also kind of you know making his case to kind of come over here and get us with the Chiefs. Uh, Andy Reid was sending pictures of Lombardi trophies um, all the time to Juju Smith-Schuster to try and. Can, try and convince him to go there over to the um the chiefs jesus um, and then he also talked about here in this article about, uh, you know, potentially going to the Ravens. Uh, he said it was kind of in his mind about going there, but he didn't really want to play for a rival like that. And, uh, you know, with uh, that Ravens team, he kind of goes on and say that, you know, it's a run-heavy offense. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster is not about that. You know, he wants his touches. And they also got, you know, Mark Andrews, who's a big in the catching game, you know, even at the tight end position. And they also got uh, Sammy Watkins as well. So all those decisions. All that information, Juju Smith-Schuster decides to re-sign with the Steelers. So, I mean, he's definitely serviceable. I mean, he's been that 1,000-yard receiver that they've needed. I mean, in 2018, 1,400 yards. Jeez Louise out here. Fantastic. Um, and in just last season, 831 yards with that kind of incredible kind of receiving roster that they had. And, you know, with the narrative, Big Ben's arm kind of declining throughout the entire season. So, you know, still had pretty good production. This man's got some Sure, fire hands as well. Just last season, 75% catch percentage. Fantastic. His rookie season, 73% catch percentage. Uh, 2018, that was the year that he had 1,400 yards. 66% uh, 
percent catch percentage so really kind of you know solid surefire catching abilities out here he's been able to prove that he can get you that thousand plus yard receiving season when you know he's the main guy uh, you know but if his touches go down you know with other players around him you know other great talent around him you know an aging quarterback he can still get some great production just put up nine touchdowns last season in 831 yards so overall Juju Smith-Schuster is definitely a wide receiver that you know is valuable to a team is he a true A1 tier one wide receiver? I think that's, you know, still in the making, just kind of, you know, of what we've kind of seen briefly in his, uh, what has he got, four years so far in the league. Um, and we also don't really know too much about his leadership. We all know, you know, dancing out on the field, not, you know, pre games on the road, you know, disrespecting the other team, you know, just giving that, ex that other team extra momentum before the game has even started. And, you know, plus, you know, not kind of, you know, getting right with your teammates before a game. So that's a little bit still up in the air, but, you know, for his talent and for his on-field production, I don't really think there's anybody, you know, doubting what he can do on the field. But uh, Juju Smith-Schuster potentially almost went to the Chiefs, and could you imagine, you know, him with the Chiefs on that great explosive offense? I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, like we just said, is a kind of valuable asset to have on the field, and that's what the Chiefs really don't have, a tall kind of just made for wide receiver. They've got Tyreek Hill, who's, you know, five 510 you know that's okay all right 58 i think um but you know juju smith schuster 6-1 solid at the wide receiver position and we know the uh chiefs only throw to their tight end travis kelsey or um uh tyree kill so Definitely glad that he didn't go to the Chiefs. That just would have made them, you know, too much unfair probably. So he's staying with the Steelers where he will probably not have that great of a season because I do not think Big Ben's going to have that great of a season. But he's going to stay with the Steelers for another year. Alrighty, here we go. Sam Darnold trade, no longer a Jet and is now with the Panthers. And a Joe Douglas the general manager for the Jets here. He's got a little bit of a quote here about, you know, the Sam Darnold trade. So let's read what he's saying about Sammy D out here. All right, here we go. Quote of Joe Douglas. Whether it looks, whether I look bad or not for trading Sam Darnold, I could give two shits about that. I know that he's going to have success. The timing didn't really work out for him here. We couldn't turn this around fast enough for him and that's not his fault I root for good people and that dude's a good man and he's gonna do good things I believe that so that's pretty good strong words for here for Sam Darnold, the general manager that kind of drafted Sam Darnold, still kind of, you know, still liking his choice and still liking what Sam Darnold can do just, you know, the Jets, you know, with um Adam Gase obviously not helping Sam Darnold at all. And then before Adam Gase, they had, um, uh, man, damn it. Um, the, uh, the buck, the bucks defensive coordinator, um, Damn, I can't remember his name, but never really any good any good coach for this man to really be successful under or just kind of, you know, just for the organization really on the field to be kind of in order with those two not good Todd Bowles. That's the man's name. Todd Bowles and Adam Gates really just can't get it done as coaches. Now, Todd Bowles is an excellent defensive coordinator. Adam Gates is not a good offensive coordinator, so this man should not be on any team, but they just really didn't make good coaches. They can't spend another kind of year on Sam Darnold. 
Darnold here with the Jets. They need to move forward. It is a business at some t- at some point. You have to just cut it loose and just be like, you know, it didn't work out. I still, it, it's not an overall mistake. The, you know, the the draft pick was there. We just couldn't get the surrounding the supporting cast around him. So he ends up trading him to the Panthers, and he's still rooting for you know Sam Darnold with the Panthers. So we're gonna have to kind of investigate if Sam Darnold can even still play in this league. We don't even know if Sam Darnold can play. I mean, I can't even judge any of his first four seasons because of the poor coaching that he had around him. So, you know, when, uh, you know, once basketball kind of wraps up and we're kind of dead set on the NFL, we're going to go deep in some narratives and all that kind of, you know, when we kind of do team reviews and all of that and what they've done in the offseason, what they did in the season and just kind of recapping everything, we're going to have to take a real deep in-depth look of what Sam Donald is doing on the field. Is this man going to have success year one with the Panthers because he's, you know, he's got, you know, Sam, uh, Joe Douglas out here, you know, still rooting for this man and still believing that he's going to be great in this league and he's a great kind of just great guy you know take all football football talent aside uh you know Joe Douglas is saying that this man's a great man so maybe he can bring some great leadership over there to the Panthers let's see what his talent's going to be like and let's see if this man's going to have success somewhere else that's not this pathetic Jets organization that he's been playing for his entire career uh so Joe Douglas still a fan of Sammy D Alrighty, the draft is coming up in, uh, what do we got, 20 days now, the 29th. So we all know that there are steals in the draft. You don't have to just have the number one overall pick to get a nice player that's going to work out in the NFL and, you know, potentially be, you know, in the Hall of Fame or anything like that. So here we go. The biggest draft steals over the past five years. Derrick Henry got picked 45th overall. Derrick mother-loving Henry. Derrick King Henry. Derrick leading the league in rushing yards for multiple seasons. Henry was taken 45th, not even in the first round. Truly disrespectful, folks. The greatest running back of all time was chosen 45th overall. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, fantastic there by uh, Derrick Henry at 45. Eddie Jackson got drafted 112th. Xavier Howard 38th. He's absolutely fantastic. Aaron Jones. I mean, one of a one of I would probably you could put this man in the top five running backs in this league right now. Obviously not better than Derrick Henry, but still a very solid option out there. At chosen 182nd. Gosh damn, true disrespect there. Orlando Brown getting taken 83rd. George Kittle 146. Oh, we all know Kyle Pitts is not going 146. So, uh, you know, he's got. He's not going to be kind of one of these draft steals out here. Uh, Mike Thomas, 47th. Alvin Kamara, 67th. These true disrespect of great running backs in the draft. So, I mean, I think Najee Harris and Travis Etienne could both probably go in the top 15. We'll see if they kind of get uh, get kind of fallen off here. Like uh, Derrick Henry chosen at 45th. Alvin Kamara chosen at 67th. Tyreek Hill drafted at 165. Oh, my God. The great. Greatest receiver in the NFL right now. Tyreek Hill drafted at 165. And Derrick Henry, the greatest running back currently in this league, drafted at 45. So not even in taking in the first round. That's what I'm saying. I don't like draft picks. Trade those away. It's it's a it's a crapshoot out here. Yes, we know we know, you know, what's the A1 tier one top three picks in this league. But if you don't have that trade out or trade back, it truly doesn't matter if you have a sixth round pick, a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick. 
that's still fine. Trade away your first. It truly doesn't matter that much. Uh, so get get guaranteed proven talent because you can find it here later in the draft as well. Um, and then the what uh, BR Gridiron on Twitter ranks the best draft steal over the past five years is Derek or uh, is Dak Prescott. He was chosen at 135. So you can get talent anywhere: running back, wide receiver, defensive backs, running backs, tight ends, quarterbacks. They don't need to be in the first round, as this list proves right here. You got the greatest at some of these positions: Xavier Howard, potentially one of the best defensive backs there are in the league, and he was chosen in the 38th. So. You can get great production elsewhere in the draft, not just in the first round, not just in the first 10 picks. So trade it away. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Alrighty, what's up next? What do we got? Alrighty, a potential draft prospect right here that could be on the list next season of the best kind of, um, what would they say, best value? best draft steals so here we go Caleb Fairley a cornerback here which we know we're big fans of Caleb Fairley now the only knocks on this man is that he didn't play last year in 2020 he opted out of the season and he didn't play in the bowl game in 2019 because of a little bit of an injury so that those were the two big big kind of red flags on this man but he had great coverage we loved what we saw from him when we already kind of looked at him in our in our NFL draft prospect of the day uh, but he's got great coverage skills and he can also blitz kind of you know coming out of the Tyron Matthew kind of you know resemblance a little bit so Kayla Fairley out here um Getting, uh, getting ready for the draft, and, you know, he wants to be the first uh, cornerback taken. So here we go. Quote from him. Best believe any team that takes a corner over me, I'm a dog. That's going to tick me off. I'm going to try to do them like Randy Moss did um, when they let him fall. So, hey, you know, you better watch out. If you don't take this man, you better kind of hope you don't run into him in the schedule because he's going to remember what teams passed on this man and go extra hard. And we know that yeah, – this draft class is kind of, you know, stocked with kind of great defensive backs. We just saw Richard Sherman the other day um, when we covered the story saying that, uh, you know, J.C. Horn was going to be kind of the best kind of corner in this league to have the most success. But Caleb Fairley is like, not so fast. Yeah, I didn't play last year, but my tape st still speaks for itself, and I don't want to be disrespected out here. So I truly, I, this draft, I, I don't know if I've ever been more excited for a draft in my life. This one's got so many great potential pieces out here, and we don't don't know what all these teams are going to be taking and we got you know a lot of people that didn't play in 2020 that you know played very well in 2018 and 2019 you know Caleb Fairley Jamar Chase I mean these are two big names here in this draft and they didn't even play last year so how are they gonna fare how are they gonna work out are they gonna bust out in this league where they one hit wonders in college or are they true talent that they would have gotten even better if they played last season so We'll see what happens in this draft, but Kayla Fairley is putting some teams on notice. Do not, do not overlook me. And if you're taking a corner, you better choose me. So we'll see how this, uh, where this man ends up. But uh, he's got some great tape, and we loved what we saw when he played in 2019. Just unfortunately, did not play in 2020, and that kind of you know weighs heavy on us. We want to see you get better. We want to see what have you done for us lately. Did you take that next step like Najee Harris has been doing all four seasons? Or are you Caleb Fairley, Jamar Chase? He had great 2019 seasons, didn't play in 2020, and now we have a little 
little bit of a question mark. Are you still good? Are you still good to go? Can you still play? Have you lost anything? We don't know because we haven't seen you. So we'll see what happens. Like I said, it's going to be a crazy draft year just because of all the circumstances surrounding this year because of the COVID and all that. But we'll see what happens, man. Uh, uh, April 29th. Cannot wait. Alrighty, another little update here on Deshaun Watson's saga going on. Uh, we kind of touched on this briefly at the end of yesterday's show. Uh, the uh, the attorney for Deshaun Watson kind of wanted the names of the accusers to be made public, so they called kind of an emergency meeting here. So here we go. Here's the results of that meeting at an emergency meeting or an emergency hearing on Friday morning. The judge ruled that one of the plaintiffs suing Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson must identify herself by refiling her lawsuit with her name attached. No more of this John Doe stuff. All right, we now know that there are 22 lawsuits filed against Deshaun Watson. We do know two names of the accusers, uh, but we don't know any more than that. So this judge is saying that one of these accusers must be named. Um, so uh, when that comes out, I'm sure we'll know about that. <clears throat> um, but um, we get some um, just kind of quotes here from both of these um both of these both of these lawyers over here. So during Friday's hearing, Watson's attorney Rusty Harden accused Busby of using the women's uh, anon anonymity uh, to quote kill the reputation of our client, and that's where it gets kind of you know real tough. You know, you can kind of you know say, oh, I'm just Jane Doe, and still accuse people. You know, and that's tough because you know you're putting his name out there to Sean Watson. We all know his name, we all know the story, but we don't know these kind of you know accusers' names, and you know. It it is tough because you don't you do get pushback, especially when you're kind of going against a high profile person. We can go and continue here with the article. Busby argued that keeping the women's name private is common in case dealing with alleg uh, allegations of sexual assault. Busby also told Davis that another woman who decided to be named publicly has already received death threats, and we just went over that the other day. Those two women that came forward, uh, a lot of people are going on Instagram and trashing her business they're giving her death threats so you know that's kind of you know the pro of having that anonymity there you know hey i'm getting death threats people are going to come out and kill me because i'm kind of you know they think i'm ruining i'm tarnishing their favorite persons their kind of face of the franchise of the team that they root for i'm kind of you know ending their career a little bit i'm kind of telling y'all that actually he's kind of a monster and not this kind of highly glorified person that y'all see every single Sunday that's not that's not really it so both sides is really tough but I really think at the end of the day you got to just you just got to kind of you got to step up at the end of the day you got to put your name on it because then you know oh you know that's when all you know the um the accusations come out oh they're only in it for the money oh they're, they're trying to hide behind everything oh why are they not revealing their name hey if this really happened to you why did you not reveal your name and report it the instant the second that it happened I mean those are the big knocks that you kind of hear a lot when it comes to kind of you know allegations of sexual 
sexual assault and all that. Why did you not come forward as soon as it happened? Why are you not putting your name out there? So, you know, we know why those things happen, why they don't, you know, f women feel unsafe about going, but you know, when you're do when you're when you're going to kind of sue somebody, you you have to put your name out there. You have to put what everything happened out there because I mean, you're putting a you're putting a man's future in jeopardy. Now, your I mean, your life, you know, you got turned upside down by the assault. So, I mean, you know, it, it's just unfortunate the total circumstances surrounding everything. But if you're going to kind of accuse this guy of, you know, really kind of wild things that, you know, are happening, things that will, you know, potentially destroy this man's career and reputation, and rightfully so, if those things actually happen, absolutely. But if you're putting those serious allegations on this man, making this man's name public, you also are going to have to kind of step it up, um, you know, take, you know, do the best you can by, you know, ducking social media and all that, you know, try. I know it's not, you know, your fault that you're receiving death threats, but try to do the best that you can to try and minimize that to however way. I don't even know any really kind of solid ways that you can try and kind of not get death threats in this kind of case. But, you know, it is, it's just real tough out there, but I really think that you should have your full name and the details of that made public if you're going to kind of come out and make these strong allegations against somebody else. All right, back to the article here. Anything else? Busby asked that the name be released to Harden and his legal team, but not, that not, that they should not be made um, that they should not make her identity public. Now that's definitely interesting. Hey, we'll tell you the lawyer so you can handle it, but we can't get the media involved. We can't get you know just kind of everybody else involved because then we start getting the death threat. So I, I I don't know if I really have any true problem with just that. You know, hey, I'll give it to you know everybody involved, the judge, the lawyers. That is it, but uh, I'm not I'm not gonna release it, release it to the media because they're just gonna spin it, and then we're getting death threats, and then they're going on her Instagram for her freaking business page and saying that you know she's actually trash and giving her one star services now to defend Deshaun Watson. But uh, Deshaun Watson does not did not go for that. Davis disagreed, saying Busby's legal team might be getting an unfair advantage in the case because of his use of media coverage. And once again, that's yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, his name is out there in the media, so he's getting bashed. But I mean, his client doesn't have to kind of go through the same kind of media circus coverage that my client does. It's a little unfair. And, you know, I do see that point as well. Um, we need a balance of interest. A balance of interest is required for both parties, Davis uh, goes on to say. So, I mean, once again, having that balance, that fairness, you know, the scales of justice, baby. Lady Liberty is blinded, folks, and she's holding up the scales, and they're both equal out there. She's just, hey, I don't, I don't know. what I can't see what y'all are doing, but these, these scales right here in my hand, these, these are equal, baby. They better be equal. Everybody getting named. I'm naming everybody out here. Um, so that's kind of currently where we are right now with the Deshaun Watson case. They're trying to get all those women's names kind of made public record at least one of the 20. No, one of the other 19 others because we know two of the 22. And now we're looking at a third. So that's where we're at, folks. Alrighty, here we go. The draft hats, the new era NFL draft caps for draft day uh, have been revealed. So let's see what our future stars, our future face of our franchises that we root for every single day of our lives. 
let's see what they're going to be rocking on draft night. So here we go. All righty. So big little kind of, you know, billboard on top, you know, just kind of front and center of these hats and then a colored brim, you know, depending on, you know, the team's colors. Obviously, the Bills blue, Dolphins teal, Jets green, Patriots blue right here. Uh, but it's a back... Ooh, the back is kind of a mesh. I do not like that at all. I hate the mesh caps like that. I love the logo and I love the kind of the design here of these draft caps. Absolutely looking clean, looking cut here. Nice. I love the uh, the colored brims. Look at these. Ooh, this Chiefs red one looking real good. The Denver's orange is looking real good. The uh, Chargers blue is looking real good out here. Fantastic Washington still, you know, Washington football team. They, they're really not going to choose a name, folks. They are just going to be called Washington football team. How lame is that? Um, but, yeah, these hats are looking good. I just really do not like that those mesh backs at all. Ooh, I really like that New Orleans kind of gold trim right there. Fantastic. Um, all right, so, yeah, these are looking good. The Rams is looking real good as well. But that back mesh... Ugh, don't think I'll be ordering one. <laughs> don't think I'll be ordering the Dolphins one here. Just really, yeah, no, ugh, such a turnoff there in the hat to mesh back. I don't want it. That's the point of a hat to cover up the hair. I don't still want my hair to be poking through these holes. Like, what is that? Um, so, unfortunately, I think it's a little bit of a swing and a miss there by New Era. The design's fantastic. The logo on the front, the design on the front is absolutely fine. I've got no problem with it. But those mesh backs, what is that? Who, who decided on a mesh back of a hat? That's like the dumbest thing that defeats the entire purpose of a hat. Um, so that's what your uh, favorite players are going to be rocking. Mesh back hats, not the greatest. All right, and then the last story to cover very quickly. Yesterday in the Heat's win over the Lakers, uh, Oladipo ended up kind of walking off the court. Not very good. Uh, potential injury there, but bam, out of bio said Victor Oladipo was in the locker room congratulating his teammates after the win. Quote, I'm glad he's okay. I feel like he's okay. He just had a little scare. So very good here. I mean, could you imagine that he just finally kind of get, you know, the piece that really just should be kind of the one that completes this team in totality to kind of now win the big game, win the finals after they just got to the finals last year against the Lakers. Um, and then he goes out like game four, but Bam Adebayo says he's good, just a little bit of a scared, no big deal. So uh, thankfully, Victor Oladipo should be all fine. So he fans no real reason to worry. Alrighty, so those are all the stories that we needed to kind of go over for today. Uh, let's head over to the NBA, break down what happened yesterday. We'll do our moneymaker for tonight's action, and then we'll head over to our updated power rankings and see how we're looking in the top 10 in the NBA up to today, up to the highest point of April 9th, up to date. Alrighty, so let's start here. The Bulls and the Raptors, and yes, sir, baby, the Bulls getting another win. Fantastic. This was uh, the one moneymaker pick that we hit on last night, one of the three that we felt the most confident on. We love this Bulls team, folks. Absolutely love this Bulls team. Minus four, we took them last night. And they end up winning by nine. So absolutely fantastic. So let's start here with the Bulls. Let's see if everybody's getting it done. We still get to Thomas Sortarnski over here at the starting point guard position. Nine points, seven assists, two rebounds, and he shot 80%. Fantastic work facilitating the floor. I love it. Zach Levine's back to doing what he, you know, is supposed to be doing out here. 22 points, 13 assists, six rebounds, three steals, one block, 50% from the field, and two of eight from three. Not the greatest, but overall. All putting up the 22 points that's what we're talking about and he also had great defense out there a plus 20 on the floor and only a, a nine point win that's really good 
All right, Vucevic still at the five, obviously. Uh, 22 points, four assists, seven rebounds. You know, three of six from three, 47% overall from the field. Just kind of a, a little a little lackluster game of what Vucevic can do. Also a minus five on the floor, not that great. Uh, but they ended up getting the win, so doing just enough out here. Love it. Uh, Thaddeus Young still in the starting lineup here. 11 points, six assists, nine rebounds. Didn't shoot too great, 36% overall, but everything else was pretty much there of what we're used to Thaddeus Young doing, and I love that he's getting out here in the starting lineup and, uh, you know, having, you know, very good success, you know, double-digit points, getting it done in the assist and the rebound column, and then Patrick Williams to round out the starters, 11 points again, 7 rebounds, 1 assist, didn't shoot the greatest either, 42% from the field, but overall, pretty decent night here by the starters, everybody basically in double-digit territory, that's what we're looking at, and then look at this bench. Yes, sir. The bench is starting to come alive. Daniel Tice, 14 points, 10 rebounds. He is getting it done. I think this is the perfect fit here for Daniel Tice. Kind of some you know, no, some of these block non-blockbuster trades that happened at the trade deadline, the Daniel Tice trade, the Kelly Olenek trade, those are really panning out absolutely fantastic for the teams that acquired them at the trade deadline. So Daniel Tice for the Bulls and then Rockets for Kelly Olenek. I mean, these players are really thriving on these new teams, so I absolutely love it. Daniel Tice, 14 points, 10 rebounds off the bench. Magnificent. Laurie Markkanen off the bench, 18 points, 3 rebounds on 80% shooting, wonderful, and then Kobe White off the bench as well, 15 points and 3 rebounds, so I'll give it up for them, 3 players all in double digit scoring off the bench, that is fantastic, so now we can really start talking about this Bulls team being true playoff contenders here, and when we get to the power rankings, folks, don't be surprised if you see them cracking the top 10, I might even put them at number 1, folks, do not test me, I will do it, I love this Bulls team, folks, and y'all should too, honestly. Alrighty, they beat the Raptors. No, um, no Fred VanVleet, no Kyle Lowry. Unfortunately, still for them. So their three players still get it done. Their three best players now that you know those three are still not playing. Chris Boucher at the center position is absolutely getting it done here. Thirty-eight points, nineteen rebounds, nine of those rebounds offensive. Just wonderful job by him. And he was a plus sixteen on the floor in a nine-point loss. Yes, sir, get it done. And Pascal. Siakam with 27 points, 8 rebounds. He was a plus 8 in a 9-point loss. Wonderful as well. OG Ananubi put up 13 points, 6 assists, and 4 rebounds. He had a pretty decent night. Unfortunately, that's where the great night ends for these Raptors players because nobody else was in double digit uh Double digits for their points. Um, not very good. So, Gary Trent Jr. in the starting lineup. Six points on 14% shooting. Ugh, yikes. Um, Mike uh, Malachi Flynn. Nine points, eight assists. Not bad, but shot 27%. Not great. Aaron Baines off the bench. Six points, four rebounds. Stanley Johnson off the bench. Seven points. And then Utah Watanabe. Seven points also off the bench. So, just didn't get that depth. That kind of bountiful scoring everywhere on the floor, on the bench. The Raptors didn't have it. I mean, they're missing, you know, their main pieces out there. So, obviously, <clears throat> we are expecting this team to lose these games. But uh, still, unfortunately, nobody able to, nobody collectively can kind of step up on this Raptors team. And that's what we know about this team, folks. So, Bulls get the big old win here, 122-113. Bulls, 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 watch out for these mother-loving Bulls, folks. I'm sick of these mother-loving Bulls on this mother-loving plane. 
Alrighty, Lakers and Heat. Let's move to this one. Lakers were looking pretty decent in this game until the fourth quarter where they just kind of really floundered a little bit. What did they get kind of outscored in the fourth quarter? Only by three, 24 to 27. So really kind of lost it at the end of the third quarter and just couldn't kind of get it back in the fourth quarter. So a little unfortunate here by the Lakers. We'll get to them second, but let's start here with the Heat since they won. Jimmy Butler, dirt. Uh, 28 points, 5 assists, 7 rebounds, shot 72%, a classic Jimmy Butler game right here. This is exactly what he does. Only takes two threes, made one of them, got to the line 12 times, 28 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, magnificent. Trevor Ariza, 8 points, 2 rebounds, only took 6 shots, so nothing too great there, just getting it done decently defensively. Bam out of bio, 13 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Duncan Robinson, 11 points, 3 assists. He shot 3 of 5 from 3, so very well uh, done as well. Just He's being really efficient from the 3 these last kind of, you know, week, week and a half, and that's why they're kind of, you know, doing very decent out here. So Duncan Robinson getting it done. Victor Oladipo playing only 25 minutes. We saw him kind of go out in the second half. Uh, 18 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, having a pretty great night out there. He shot 62% in 2 of 3 from 3. And then their bench, Goran Dragic, 10 points, 5 rebounds, and Tyler Hero, 15 points off the bench on 4 of 5 from 3, able to all get it done. So, very nice kind of collective scoring here by this Heat team, and they're able to get it done over this Lakers team that just cannot get anything done. Nobody's really stepping up consistently here. So, let's see who had a decent game. No uh, Taylor Horton. Tucker, no Marcus Saul, obviously no, you know, um, LeBron James or Anthony Davis, and also no um, Kyle Kuzma as well. So a lot of people missing here, but let's see who kind of got it done. All right, Dennis Schroeder, 10 points, 14 assists, 6 rebounds. Didn't shoot well, 16% on 12 shots, but everything else, I mean, those 14 assists, absolutely fantastic. Just unfortunately could not get it done scoring the ball. Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope had his best game of the season here in the starting lineup. 28 points, 4 rebounds on 6 of 11 from 3 and 55% overall from the field. A wonderful job. Andre Drummond put up 15 points and 12 rebounds. He was only a minus 1 in kind of this, uh, what, did, what did they lose by? 6? Six? 6-point six loss. Uh, Markeith Morris put up 12 points, 3 rebounds, and Wesley Matthews put up 14 points on 36% shooting. And then off the bench, nothing truly great here. Montrezl Harold, 10 points, 9 rebounds. He shot 75%, but uh, he only played 21 minutes. So would have loved to see him kind of play a little bit more minutes here. Just unfortunately... KCP had a great game, just nobody else. I mean, what is this scoring? I mean, Alex Caruso, Dennis Schroeder, Casey, besides KCP, I mean, who's going to put up the points here? Who's going to be lethal outside scoring, especially with Kyle Kuzma out? So, Lakers couldn't overcome that, all that lackluster non-outside shooting, and uh, they end up losing. So, a little unfortunate there. Definitely, desperately need LeBron James or Anthony Davis back, or basically both, but... Uh, loss here for the Lakers. Not great. Alrighty, let's move on to the Cavs and the Thunder now. And the Cavs get the big old win here, 129-102 over the Thunder. And Colin Sexton gets it done. Darius Garland gets it done. So let's start with them first. Darius Garland, 21 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds on 53% shooting. Colin Sexton, 27 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds on 52% shooting. Wonderful job by them. We know we have to rely on both those guards to get it done in the scoring department because we really... Really can't rely too much um, on any of these other players out here. 
Alrighty, Kevin Love had a pretty good game out here. 18 points, 11 rebounds. Dean Wade put up tw uh, 12 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. And then Isaac Okuru at the 3, 15 points as well. So very well done here by the starters. Everybody really stepped it up, so very well done. We haven't really seen that by this Cavs team, but uh, uh, welcome surprise, I guess. And then they even got a great uh, contribution off the bench by Teron Prince, putting up 22 points and 6 assists. And then Isaiah Hartenstein put up 8 points but 12 rebounds and 6 assists. So, wonderful night all around here by the Cavs, getting and beating a kind of shorthanded Thunder team. No Dort, no Shea Gillis-Alexander, so obviously... Uh, but let's see if anybody kind of uh, stepped it up here. Is Poku, is um, Alec Sev, Alexev uh, Poku Savetsky, did he have a good game? Was he kind of putting up his kind of 25-plus points we've been seeing? No, unfortunate. 10 points, 6 rebounds on 25% shooting at 12 shots. So definitely took a little bit of a step back here. Couldn't get those consistent big old numbers from Puko, unfortunately. Um, nobody in the starting lineup had 10 plus points, but everybody, or 20 plus points, but everybody in the starting lineup did have 10 plus points. So here we go. Theo Melendon put up 14, uh, Savi put up 10 points. Moses Brown at the starting center position put up 13 points, 11 rebounds, pretty decent game overall. And then Kenneth Williams put up, puts up 12 points to round out the starters. The best person in this game for the Thunder was Ty Jerome coming off the bench, putting up 23 big old points and three rebounds and three assists. So overall, the Thunder team, they need Shea Gillis-Alexander. That's the only thing to take away from this Thunder team over this kind of week and a half stretch here. They cannot get it done without Shea Gillis-Alexander. All right, let's keep moving on here. Bucks lose to the Mavs 116-101 because, you know, Giannis is still not in the lineup. But, man, oh, man, because this Bucks team, are they only good because of Giannis? Is that it? Because, I mean, they're not winning games when Giannis is not in the lineup. So, a little bit of a kind of a knock here, and it's going to get a little reflected in our power rankings when we get there. But, um, yeah, I mean, no Giannis. I mean, big problem for this team. So, not great there. But let's start here with the Mavericks. Luka Doncic doing classic Luka Doncic things. 27 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds. Fantastic. He shot 3 of 8 from 3 and 55% overall from the field. Josh Richardson, 14 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds. Kristaps Porzingis, 26 points, 17 rebounds. Jeez, 6 of those offensive. Wonderful. And then Maxi Kleber, 12 points, 5 rebounds. And Dorian Finney-Smith to round out the starters. 9 points on 30% shooting. Not the greatest, but he had 10 rebounds, so we'll give it, uh, give it up for him. Uh, so overall, the starters did a very good job out here, kind of carry them to the win. And then for the bench, we get Tim Hardaway Jr., 12 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. All right, not bad. A little, a little light than what he kind of averages out here. Uh, but then, he, I mean, he was the only one that kind of really got it done off the bench. We got, uh, uh, who else do we got here? Jalen Brunson put up, no, Dwight Powell put up 8 points off the bench, though. That was the second leading high score off the bench. So Dallas Mavericks, all the starters get it done. The Mavericks could not say the same, unfortunately. Uh, Drew Holiday put up 13 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. Dante DiVincenzo put up 22 points, led the team in scoring, 6 of 10 from 3. Pretty nice night. Unfortunately, did not result into a win. 
Brooke Lopez, 16 points, four rebounds, getting killed by Porzingis on the boards, we see. Um, Bobby Portis put up 20 points and 14 rebounds. Wonderful job by him. Uh, love seeing Bobby Portis really step it up here when he gets into the starting lineup. So shout out to Bobby Portis out here. And then Chris Middleton, man, oh, man, the one person we need to step up does not. And that's why we don't like this Bucks team besides outside of Giannis, honestly. We don't see Chris Middleton. I mean, everybody raves about Chris Middleton being kind of the number two on this team, but he doesn't step up when he needs to when Giannis is not in the starting lineup. I mean, only 14 points on 22% shooting on 27 shots. Absolutely atrocious by this man. 14 points, 8 rebounds. No wonder why they lost. And then the bench. I mean, we know we don't really love the bench too much anyway. Uh, Thanasis didn't get it done here. 2 points on only 2 shots, unfortunately, off the bench. Pat Conifton put up 4 points, 7 rebounds. And Brian Forbes only put up 3 points on 0-4 from shooting. Just got to the line. So nothing. And Jeff Teague only put up 6 points also off the bench. So nothing really great here from this Bucks team. They flounder without Giannis. And uh, just not really anything great. All right, let's keep moving on here to the Jazz and the Blazers. And man, oh man, this Blazers team, what a rough week by them. And once again, that's going to get highly reflected here in our power rankings when we get to that segment. But man, oh man, truly disappointing here by the Blazers. A true letdown just this week of not beating these good teams. We just saw them lose to the Bucks. We just saw them lose to the Clippers. And now they had to face the Jazz last night and they won. Once again, lose big. I mean, they lost by 19. They are getting blown out here against these good teams. So not good at all for this team. But let's see why. Here we go. Damian Or Now let's start here with the... Um Let's start with the Jazz since day one. We'll start with them. Um, so here we go. Mike Connolly, 11 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. Donovan Mitchell put up 37 points. That's what we're talking about. That's what we wanted Damian Lillard to do. Unfortunately, he could not get up to 37. Um, Rudy Gobert put up, oh my goodness, 18 points and 20 rebounds. Jeez, jeez. Come on, Nurchich. Come on, man. Got to be a little bit more competitive against Rudy Gobert out here. Royce O'Neal only putting up two points. Classic Royce O'Neal just being the defense, but he did also have nine rebounds and four assists. And then Bohan Bogdanovich, 11 points, five rebounds. Didn't shoot the best, 30% on 13 shots. Alrighty, off the bench, what did we get here? Jordan Clarkson did not play, is that correct? He did not, wow, and they're still able to get the win. Not great here by this Blazers team. So, you don't get kind of that 15 to 19 points off the bench from Jordan Clarkson, and they still get the win, not good. Uh, Joe Ingles, 13 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds, great night by him off the bench. And then Georges Niang, 10 points off the bench in 17 minutes. So, he kind of gets kind of, you know, Lost in this rotation a little bit, but uh, still a solid, solid player out here for this Jazz team. So they're able to get the win behind, you know, Donovan Mitchell's 37 and Rudy Gobert's 20 rebounds. Jeez. Alrighty, now let's see why this Blazers team did not get the win here. Alrighty, Damian Lillard put up 23 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. He shot 3 of 12 from 3, not the greatest, and only 38% overall. CJ McCollum kind of did the same, 19 points, 2 assists, 3 rebounds. Once again, taking 21 shots and hitting 38% exactly like Damian Lillard did, and he hit 3 of 10 from 3. So not the greatest either by him. Shots, shots just were not falling for either of those two. Uh, Nurchich put up only 10 points and 6 rebounds. We saw what Rudy Gobert did in comparison. 
Robert Covington, eight points, four, four rebounds. And then Norman Powell, only 13 points and five rebounds. So overall, not the best night scoring-wise for the starters. And then off the bench, once again, just not getting it truly done here. Ennis Cantor put up eight points and seven rebounds in 20 minutes, but he was a minus 15 on the floor. Carmelo Anthony, seven points on 25% shooting, a minus 19 on the floor. And then Derek Jones Jr., only two points. Classic Derek Jones Jr. game. Just can't get it done either. And then we get, what do we get? Uh, Anthony Simons out here, only five points on five shots. So really just nothing great here by the Blazers. And unfortunately, I think we are going to have to start fading them a little bit more. <clears throat> Damian Lillard, when he doesn't have C.J. McCollum, really can thrive. But when C.J. McCollum comes back, something just happens with Damian Lillard. Like, his potential and his kind of production goes down tremendously. And I really just cannot understand why that happens. It's so frustrating. When you get good players, when you get more players, your team overall should be better. But that doesn't happen with this Blazers team. So, truly disappointing here. A rough week for them. And I'm super disappointed. Super disappointed in you, Blazers. Are you are you listening? Are you watching? I'm disappointed in you. Please turn it around. Damian Lillard, especially. So the Jazz get the win. 122-103 over the Blazers. All right, then we go to the Clippers and the Suns, and I'm a little disappointed in the Suns team. If this Suns team beat the Clippers last night, we were ready to put them number one in our power rankings. You just went and beat um, the Jazz the night before, and then you had to go on the Clippers on back-to-back -back nights against, you know, potentially the top two of the top five teams in this league, however you want to rank them. But, um, yeah, we were ready to put them at number one. We were ready to put them at number one if they won this game. Unfortunately, they really couldn't close out in the fourth quarter. Paul George was hitting clutch threes all freaking night long. Kawhi Leonard doing classic Kawhi Leonard things, and just unfortunately it was a little too much for the Suns team. So, Clippers win by 10, 113-103. We took the Suns plus 6 in our moneymaker last night. Unfortunately, doesn't hit, but we were just going to ride with them. And unfortunately, they let us down in a lot of categories. They didn't win, first of all. They didn't cover the 6, and uh, they weren't competitive. So we can't even kind of count it as them as kind of a good loss for them when we talk about them in our power rankings. So really just not great here by the Suns last night. Uh, but uh, let's start here with the Clippers. We got Rondo in action, and he absolutely went off, but we'll talk about that when we get to the bench. But here we go. Patrick Beverly still starting point guard here. No points, only two assists in 16 minutes. Not the greatest. Paul George, like we said, an absolutely incredible night. 33 points, three assists, seven rebounds. He shot seven of nine from three. Wonderful job by him. Zubak still in the starting uh, five here. Seven points, five rebounds, a minus six on the floor. Marcus Morris, eight points, six rebounds. And then Kawhi Leonard, 27 points, five assists, five rebounds. He shot three of seven from three in 50% overall from the field. It's just those two players and Rondo late down the stretch were able to get it done. So the stars of this Clippers team did show out last night. So I got to give it up to the Clippers finally. I mean, we've been kind of, you know, knocking the Clippers all season long. We've really kept them out of our power rankings this entire season just because they really have not shown us anything great. But this week, the Clippers have really gotten it on track. So watch out for them in our power rankings. 
Uh, but here we go. Rondo off the bench in 19 minutes, 15 points, 9 assists, 3 rebounds. He hit 3 of 4 from 3. Absolutely fantastic. Hitting clutch threes in the fourth quarter as well to propel this Clippers team. So, like I said, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Rondo all getting it done. And just everybody else just kind of being solid role players out here. Reggie Jackson put up 8 points off the bench. Nicholas Patum put up 8 points off the bench. And then Patrick Patterson put up 7 points off the bench. So, overall, decent scoring here off the bench. Lied at the helm by Rondo. Playoff Rondo, baby. He's just trying to get into shape here for the playoffs. And he's having some... He This is the first good game that he's had all season. And the first great game that he has had as a Clipper. So, he's getting it figured out, folks. And we saw Rondo last year for the Lakers. A huge reason why they won. And he's ready to do the same here for this Clippers team. So, watch out for them in the playoffs. Alrighty, now let's get to the Suns now. Chris Paul, only 13 points, only 3 assists, 7 rebounds. He shot 0 of 3 from 3 and only shot 36% overall. So a little bit of a lackluster game from him. Devin Booker didn't put up his 30-point performance like we've been kind of accustomed to this last week. Only put up 24 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds, 0 of 2 from 3, 46% overall. DeAndre Ayton put up 18 points, 10 rebounds. Jay Crowder put up no points, couldn't hit those clutch threes, unfortunately. 0 of 2 from 3. Uh, 4 assists, 3 rebounds to go along with Jay Crowder. McCall Bridges had a pretty good game out here. 20 points, 5 rebounds on 53% shooting. And then off the bench, nothing really great here. We know this bench does have the ability to put up some nice scoring. We got Darius Sarek, Torrey Craig, Cameron Payne, Cameron Johnson. All of those players can give us 10 points here off the bench, but we really didn't get that last night. Cameron Payne put up nine points. We'll give him that. Cameron Johnson only put up six. Dario Sarek only put up two by only getting to the light by only getting to the line. I mean, he shot 04 from the night. And then Torrey Craig put up only four points. He shot 100%, but just not putting up the points that they needed to. Javon Carter put up five points off the bench as well, but just unfortunately a little bit of a lackluster night by the scoring bench uh, for the Suns, and that's kind of what the Suns needed. And a back-to-back that just went into overtime against the best team in the West, the Jazz. We need that bench to kind of pick up the slack a little bit more here, and they couldn't get it done. So not the greatest sign here. This really would have put in the Suns as the clear, concise, top, team in this league if they beat the Clippers. Truly unfortunate they couldn't get it done. Alright, and then the last game of the night the Pistons and the Kings and the Pistons didn't even have Jeremy Grant, so we swallowed seven and a half for the Kings, but they lose by 12? The Kings lose by 12? Get Luke Walton off of this team, man. He cannot coach to save his life. This Kings team has decent offensive pieces, but they're just getting, they're so hit and miss, and they're losing against really the worst teams in this league without their best player. I do not get it. So, Pistons get the win 113-101 over the Kings. We will never we will never bet the Kings again. Truly unfortunate. We took a risk swallowing seven, and they did not pay out. Unfortunate. All right, let's see, uh, start here by the Pistons. Who stepped up with no Jeremy Grant? So let's see. Here we go. Dennis, Dennis Smith Jr. at the starting point guard position, eight points, four assists. Corey Joseph put up 24 points on 71% shooting. Fantastic game. Seven assists and three rebounds to go along with that. 
Isaiah Stewart put up 16 points, three rebounds, great night. Josh Jackson filling in for uh, Jeremy Grant put up 10 points and seven rebounds. And then Sadiq Bey only put up 12 points and six rebounds. So nothing truly great here. No real great stepping up here for this Pistons team. I, uh, Corey Joseph, obviously the best uh, scorer here. So very well done to him with the 24 points. Uh, they did get uh, three players off the bench with double-digit scoring. Jaleel Okafor finally getting some minutes here coming back from the injury. 11 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists in only 15 minutes. Kalan Hayes put up 11 points off the bench. And then Hamadio Diallo, 10 points off the bench as well. So decent bench scoring, but nothing truly great by the starters. So let's go to the Kings now. De'Aaron Fox put up 23 points and 9 rebounds and 7 assists. 0 of 5 from 3, throw. 0 of 5 from 3 though, not the best. Buddy Heald back at the number two and not at the number three. Buddy Heald at the two, five, 15 points, four rebounds. He shot five of 12 from three. Raquan Holmes, 15 points, nine rebounds. Classic game by him. Marquise uh, Harkless out here, or Maurice Harkless out here, uh, four points, one rebound at the four. And then Harrison Barnes at the three uh, in place of Buddy Heald. 13 points, two assists, and four rebounds. So, I mean, nothing great here by the starters either for the Kings. They just didn't get that great bench production that the Pistons had. We get Hassan Whiteside, 10 points, 3 re rebounds, and only 11 minutes. Great night by him. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton only put up 9 points in 30 minutes off the bench. Not the greatest there. He did have 7 assists, though. So, I, I just nothing great by either of these teams. Two bottom-of-the-barrel teams that one team won. Congrats to the Pistons for beating the Kings. Nothing great there. Alrighty, that was all the NBA from last night. Let's see what we got on deck for tonight. Let's get a moneymaker going. Let's get back in action and hitting a moneymaker. Um, alrighty, so what do we got on deck today? Any primetime nationally televised games? No, unfortunately. So, you got to get the league pass if you don't got it. Uh, but this is what we got on tap for today. Pacers, Magic, Celtics, Timberwolves, Knicks, Grizzlies. That should be a pretty decent one. Uh, Bulls, Hawks. That should be a good one. Can't wait for that one. 76ers, Pelicans. If everybody's playing, that's going to be a great one too. Damn. Uh, Bucks, Hornets. Nuggets, Spurs, Warriors, Wizards, and Clippers, Rockets. Ooh, Clippers, Rockets should be a little interesting there. We may be able to get some great value. Uh, Rockets plus 15. Yes, sir. I, I'd take that. I would take that. All right, so let's see what we get here. Let's update these lines. Let's see who's in and out, and let's find the value here today. Let's make some money. Here we go. First game up, Pacers, Magic. Pacers minus 4.5, Magic plus 4.5. Probably, well, we might take the Pacers now. If Sabonis is playing, which he probably may not be because the spread is a little bit too, too low for the Pacers if Sabonis was playing, but we may be taking the Pacers here. Against the Magic, we know they do well against the not good teams here, so let's see what we get. The ins and outs for the... The Pacers, Malcolm Brogdon, a game-time decision. Sabonis, a game-time decision as well. And Miles Turner's out, so their big down low is going to be out. And then for the Magic, Otto Porter, Otto Porter is out. And that is it. So, a little bit of an out there for the Magic. But uh, I'm, I'm ready to rock with this Pacers team, I think. I'm ready to rock. Uh, no Sabonis. Let's see if we get anything here. Oh, we got a notification on Twitter. What do we get? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We just uh, we tweeted out yesterday, uh, PFF posting uh, Derrick Henry's lead uh, yard rushing yards since 2019, and we tweeted greatest running back of all time in the making. 
got another like there. Like <laughs> two likes on that tweet. Yes, sir. Uh, but let's get back to this Pacers. Let's see if we can get anything on Sabonis because I do kind of want to take this Pacers team minus four and a half, but I do kind of want Sabonis in the lineup playing. So no recent updates on Sabonis. What did we get from Fantasy Labs? What is the language they are using for Sabonis, if they are even doing it at all? Doesn't look like it. Uh, Anything? Sabonis News? Sabonis, where art thou? All right, so we get no updates on Sabonis. He did not play last game, so we're going to take the Pacers minus four and a half here. Let's see if Carousel Verde and company can get it done, and let's see if anybody steps up in Miles Turner's absence. But uh, can't buy the Magic, so we'll go with the Pacers minus four tonight. First time, really, I think this is the first time we're taking the Pacers, so don't bite us in the butt, Pacers, because we'll go right back to not betting you for the rest of the season. We've got no problem with that. Um, so Pacers minus four, we're going we're gonna to go out on that. Alrighty, then we get the Grizzlies and the Knicks. Grizzlies minus one and a half against the Knicks? Are you kidding me? What? There's got to be a lot of players not playing for this Grizzlies team because this spread makes zero sense. But let's make sure. Here we go. Out for the Grizzlies. Justice Winslow is out. Brandon Clark is a game time decision. And Jaron Jackson's out. That's it? That's it? Oh my God. What do we got for this Knicks team? Just Mitchell Robinson is still out. What? Grizzlies minus one and a half? Are you insane? Of course we will take that. I'm loving this Grizzlies team. Little bit of a spoiler alert. We're, put, we're putting this Grizzlies team in our top 10 uh, when we adjust the power rankings in our next segment. But yes, sir, I love this Grizzlies team. They are really getting on track here. Four game winning streak. Uh, they're three games above, five, above 500, which is, I think, the best they've been all season. They've really been hovering about one game, minus one game of uh, um, uh, above under 500 this entire season, but they've really started to get it figured out here after the trade deadline. This is the team that they're rocking with. They didn't even make a move at the trade deadline, but they've shored up their team. They know what they are against this Knicks team who's very hit and miss. I mean, we've seen nothing solid from this bench ever since that one week period where they were making the media and everybody was kind of right back on the Knicks bandwagon saying that they're going to be playoff contenders, and now they're back to like the eighth seed in the East, really. Um, right? Um... Yeah, the the AC to the East now. Classic Knicks, man. Cannot trust them. Grizzlies only have to swallow one. Everybody's good to go. Are we... Uh, this is easy. Best value we've seen so far. Grizzlies minus one and a half. Easy money there, folks. Love it. Um, alrighty, let's keep it going here. Why is that? There, There's no reason why this Grizzlies team should be minus one and a half. That's absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. Are we missing anything? We're checking Fantasy Labs right now to see if maybe, you know, the score mobile isn't kind of telling us everything. Oh, man, I cannot believe that value. That is tremendous value, truly. Grizzlies minus one. I absolutely love it. All right, let's keep going here. Where else is the valley? There it is, folks. That's the best game of the night so far. Grizzlies minus one. All right, what else do we get here? Timberwolves, Celtics. Timberwolves minus nine. Celtics plus, or Timberwolves plus nine. Celtics minus nine. Could you imagine Celtics plus nine? I'd eat that up all day. But uh, probably going to stay away from this one. It's just too much to swallow here for the Celtics. Uh, For the Timberwolves, Malik Beasley is out. And, I mean, we know, I mean, they they just had that lineup for the Timberwolves of... um, 
you know, they just got uh, what's his face back. Um, I'm blanking. Why am I blanking on the name? Um, uh, D'Angelo Russell. So they just got him back. Let's see if he's finally back in that starting lineup along with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns because uh, we, uh, we might take the Timberwolves plus nine here. But let's see what the, what's out for the Celtics. Like we said, just Malik Beasley is out for the Timberwolves and then for the Celtics. Evan 48 is still out, so they're going to be lackluster scoring the ball. I'm going to rock with the nine here for the Timberwolves. I think D'Angelo Russell's going to get it done. I mean, we just saw their scoring output the last game, his first game back, and they only lost to the Pacers by four points. That's not bad. They put up 137. The Celtics are not going to be able to put up that much points. I mean, they've got no scoring off the bench with Evan Fournier out. Now, Tristan Thompson is good to go, so their beef, their beef down low will have some nice uh, kind of off the bench. We'll see if Tristan Thompson gets into the starting lineup tonight or if they're still going to be riding with uh, Robert Williams. Uh, but either way, I get nine here with the Timber Wolves. I'm real interested to see what this Timberwolves team can be with their big three of Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, uh, D'Angelo Russell, and then having Ricky Rubio come off the bench and facilitate the floor for that squad. So we'll take the nine here. The, the Celtics may win, but I get nine here with this Timberwolves team. Let's. We have to start tra tracking this Timberwolves team from last game. Um, really, yeah. Uh, whatever happened for the rest of, for the early part of the season here for the Timberwolves, it doesn't matter. They didn't have their players for the entire season. Now they're starting to get right. We'll take the plus nine here, and uh, we've got some good value here so far, folks. Honestly. I'm loving it so far. We've only uh, looked at three games. We've taken them all so far. We've taken them all so far. So I'm liking it. Alrighty, let's keep it going here. Hawks, Bulls, oof. Hawks, minus two, Bulls, plus two. Let's see who's in and out here. Garrett Temple is still a game-time decision for the Bulls, for the Hawks. Danilo Gallinari, game-time decision. Chris Dunn is still out. Clint Capella, a game-time decision. John Collins is out. Dink Cam Reddish is still out. So, oh my goodness. This is going to be a great one, folks. This one's going to be a little bit too close to call. We just saw the Hawks lose their first game with Lou Williams the other night. And we've seen this Bulls team on a three-game winning streak ever since Vucevic has finally gotten accustomed to the starting rotation. So, this is going to be an absolutely great game. Uh, is this uh, the first real test for this uh, Bulls team? Well, they, they have faced the Suns and the Jazz so far with Vucevic. Unfortunately, did not result in wins, obviously. But, uh, I mean, they beat the Nets and the Pacers and the Raptors. So, this is probably their second best here besides that Nets team. But, um, yeah, I'm, uh, we're going to stay away from this one. Close game here. Going to be a great one to watch. And we'll see who comes out on top. Alrighty, let's keep moving on here. Pelicans and the 76ers. 76ers minus 6.5. Pelicans plus 6.5. Let's see if everybody's good to go here for both these teams. George Hill is still out for the 76ers. And then for the Pelicans, Josh Hart is out. Brandon Ingram's a game-time decision. Lonzo Ball is a game-time decision. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker is out. Alrighty, so 76ers here. Looking real good now that Joel Embiid is, you know, back in the lineup in this Pelicans team. I mean, nothing looking really good here. Uh, I mean, for this last, like, week, two weeks here, uh, they've had, you know, Josh Hart being out and Lonzo out and Brandon Ingram out and Zion out and nobody really in the starting lineup really much too much together. So we're going to go and swallow the six and a half here for the 76ers. Still some question marks in and who's in and who's out for this Pelicans team. But they, even if everybody's good to go, 
I don't think their kind of rhythm is going to be right back on pace. Their bench is now lackluster, not having Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander-Walker now. So, I mean, they're going to really have to rely on their starters. Lonzo's really going to have to step up. He's a game-time decision. How is he going to look on the floor? So, everybody's going to go for the 76ers team. We'll swallow six and a half for them here. All right, I think we're we're looking like we're getting a moneymaker extravaganza out here, folks. We've already gotten four solid picks, and we still have four games left to go. So anything more than four picks is an extravaganza. So let's see, man. Let's get it up here. Uh, what else is on tap tonight? Spurs, Nuggets, Spurs minus, or Spurs plus eight and a half. Nuggets minus eight and a half here. For the Spurs, Georges Diang is a game-time decision. Trey Lyles is out, and Lonnie Walker is a game-time decision. And then for the Nuggets, just Jamal Murray is a game-time decision. Nuggets should have no problem winning this game. They've won every single game since Aaron Gordon has been there. The Spurs team is very, very lackluster. Just a little uncomfortable with the eights here, especially with just kind of how not deep this Nuggets bench is. So the Spurs may be able to kind of do a backdoor cover a little bit. We know they do play good defense defense every now and then so we'll stay away from this one the spread's just a little bit too big for us so let's see what else we've got Alrighty, then we get the Hornets in the Bucks. Hornets plus eight, Bucks minus eight. Let's see if Giannis is good to go here. We know the usual suspects out for the Hornets: Gordon Hayward, Malik Monk, Lamelo Ball. But everybody else is good to go for this Bucks team. PJ Tucker is a game time decision, and Giannis is a game time decision. So they've dropped the last two because of no Giannis. Giannis is back. The Hornets unfortunately just have no real great beef. They're gonna get slaughtered here down low. They do have the outside shooting a little bit to maybe kind of contend with the Bucks, but this is Giannis's first game back trying to stop a big old losing skid at home. We'll swallow the eight here for the Bucks. I think it's a little bit of a blowout here, and it, it, once again, it, which is unfortunate for this Hornets team because I love rooting for this team, uh, but unfortunately, too many players are out for them, obviously. So Bucks minus eight, love it. Alrighty, and then what else do we get here? Wizards, Warriors, Wizards plus four and a half, Warriors minus four and a half. Alrighty, we just saw the Warriors get back track, get back on track with their last win against the Bucks without Giannis. Alrighty, for the Wizards, Bradley Beal is a game time decision, and Daniel Gafford is out. And for the Warriors, just Eric Paschal is out. So no real big ins or no real big outs for either of these teams. Warriors minus four should be fine here. We're gonna stay away from it. It's just this Warriors team. I mean, they need something. They need something to happen to really light a fire under them. I mean, just getting blown out by the Raptors. That's why they stepped up against the Bucks. They didn't have Giannis. If they did, they would have lost that game. Can't trust anything on this Warriors team. Wizards, same thing there. So we'll stay away from that one just too unpredictable there nothing truly great in that spread and then the last game of the night the Rockets and Clippers Rockets plus 12 Clippers minus 12 alrighty now we just saw the Clippers have great success down the stretch against the Suns last night but maybe a little bit of a load management here for the Clippers so let's see who's in and out here for both these teams for the Rockets Eric Gordon is still out John Wall is out on rest damn you damn that's the only reason why we want that's the really kind of the the main reason why we want to take this Rockets team is because of Christian Wood and Kelly Olynyk and John Wall. But John Wall, what the hell are you rest for? What you're you're gonna be resting in a couple of weeks when there's no longer games to be played because you're not in the playoffs. 
You're resting? Damn it. I mean, this team is good now. This is a winnable team. Damn it, John Wall. Really? Rest? You weren't even playing the entire season anyway, but you need rest. Damn. You're not even, you didn't even play yesterday. Rest. You didn't even play in a back-to-back. I can't believe it. I'm truly disgusted in John Wall at the moment. I cannot believe it. Alrighty, what else do we get here? Daniel House Jr. still out, obviously. Uh, David Waba's out. All right, for the Clippers, Serge Ibaka is a game-time decision. We can't even take the Rockets plus 12 now. How unfortunate. If John Wall played, I would have taken the Rockets plus 12 and lived and died by the results. But, uh, <sighs> damn it. Unfortunate. So, we're going to have to only do a five-teamer now and not a six-teamer. Thanks, John Wall. Uh, so here's our moneymaker little extravaganza here. Pacers minus four and a half. Grizzlies minus a point and a half. Timberwolves plus nine. 76ers minus six and a half. And Bucks minus eight. Swallowing a lot of points here tonight, but we're feeling good in it. Alrighty, let's head over to our uh, main topic today, which is our NBA Power Rankings. We update this every Friday, and today's Friday, y'all. So here we go. Going to update our Power Rankings going into this week. Here's where our standings were. <laughs> uh, we got Hawks at 10, Mavs at 9, Heat at 8, Bucks at 7, 76ers at 6, Blazers at 5, Jazz at 4, Suns at 3, Nuggets at 2, and then and that's the best team in the league going into this week. And we've had a real interesting week, especially these last kind of two, three days that really just are kind of determining the top five here in the last couple of days. So perfect timing. Back third of the season after the trade deadline, where everybody's really kind of see, really kind of hammering down on what their team is with their new players, with their kind of loss of some players. Everybody's kind of making that final push um, towards the back end of the season to solidify a top six seed to guarantee themselves in the playoffs and not try to kind of worry about a play-in tournament. So. A great, absolutely great week here. A lot of teams showing what they're capable of and kind of saying, hang on, we're actually real contenders out here. We've got no problem going against the best of the best and winning. So that's the top 10 going into this week. We'll go from number 10 all the way up to number one uh, with the new teams and the new places. But I do kind of want to first go on. We do have three teams exiting the top 10. We won't tell you who the three new teams are until we get to their position, but we'll tell you why we're moving some teams out of the top 10. So the first team we're moving out of the top 10, unfortunately, is the Heat. Now, it's nothing of what they've done. This last week, they went 2-1. and one. They beat the Cavs and the Lakers. Really just no great wins there. I mean, they're, the Cavs, absolutely not good. And the Lakers, obviously not good without their big pieces. Now, they did have Andre Drummond in for that game. But, I mean, they don't have. They didn't even have Kyle Kuzma for that game. So, it's not a great win for the Heat. It's still a win. And we don't want to penalize them for kind of, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. But we've just seen better teams start to step it up and maybe win a little bit more games or against a little bit of better competition. So, the Heat are exiting the power rankings here there are number eights coming into this week it's just truly unfortunate that uh they uh that some other teams were a little bit better than them this week they also lost to the grizzlies this week the best competition they faced this week so if they beat the grizzlies we would have kept them in but uh unfortunately they did lose so we have to knock the heat out of the top 10 
We're also, and we might get some slack on this one, but we don't care, honestly. Uh, we are moving the Bucks out of the top 10. Giannis not playing these last two games and them not winning those two games. I mean, and they weren't even hard competition. It wasn't like something that like, oh my goodness, there's no way. It's not like they were going against the Nuggets or the Nets or the Suns or the Jazz. They went against the Warriors. And then who was it last night? Um... Uh, they just lost to I man I hate this this website so trash sometimes um <clears throat> They just lost to um, the Mavericks last night. I mean, still without Giannis. I mean, can we get somebody to step up on that team? Chris Middleton played awful last night. So I'm a little over the Bucks a little bit. If you don't have Giannis, you instantly flounder and can't win. If your team is held together by only one player, I'm kind of over it. The Nets were winning without Kevin Durant uh, the entire season and Kyrie Irving in and out of the lineup and now James Harden in and out of the lineup and they're still winning. They're still deep. They still all step it up so I'm very over the box we're knocking them out of the top 10 they were only number seven here so I mean now Giannis is back tonight so you know coming this week till next Friday they can get back in the top 10 but for what they did this week I mean absolutely not good they went uh officially two and two they beat the Blazers and the Kings but then uh you know without Giannis they lose to the Warriors and the Mavericks so just absolutely nothing good there and I'm over them so we're knocking them out of the top 10 and then the other team we're knocking out of the top 10, which is definitely hurting me a lot. But, I mean, this was the week for them to kind of prove us to, to prove something to us and they did not do it and it's a big letdown in the MVP category and it's a big letdown here in our power rankings because they were number five here folks the Portland Trailblazers are out of the top 10 I mean a real tough week for them they lost to the Bulls they lost to the Clippers and they lost to the Jazz those are three teams that we needed to see them or no they lost to the Bucks they lost to the Clippers and the Jazz not the Bulls uh wrong B team so Blazers losing to the Bucks inexcusable losing to the Clippers inexcusable losing to the Jazz inexcusable and these are kind of blowout losses not like oh my goodness they lost by two on a buzzer beater nothing like that so truly unfortunate here by the Blazers if you're not going to beat the best teams if you're not going to at least be competitive against the best teams. I can't keep you in the power rankings. The only team that they beat this week was the Thunder. No Shea Gills Alexander, no Dort. Okay. So truly, truly big disappointment here by the Blazers. Damian Lillard couldn't get it done. The bench couldn't get it done. Norman Powell tried. He was trying out there. He was looking real good for this team. But it's something with Damian Lillard with other great shooters on the floor with him. They don't win games because of that. And it's truly annoying to watch. And that's why his MVP case is slowly starting to go down, which is truly unfortunate. This was his time to kind of win MVP because he was kind of front runner MVP when he was winning games single-handedly without kind of um, uh, CJ McCollum out there and no Yusuf Nurchic. But ever since they got back, they don't know how to win. Nurchic isn't even looking that great out there. Um, and Damian Lillard can't do everything that he does. So Blazers out of the top 10, Heat out of the top 10, and the Bucks out of the top 10. And let's see who's going to take their spots here. So here we go. Starting at 10, working our way up to number one. Let's see if the Nets get dethroned this week. So here we go. A new number 10 team, folks, and I freaking love this team. I love this team so much. Here we go. The new number 10 team is the Bulls. Yes, sir. Love it. Love it. Alrighty. This past week, they went 3-1. and one. They beat the Nets, the Pacers, and the Raptors. They're on a three-game winning streak. Their loss was against the Jazz, and it was still a competitive loss. I mean, they, all, they only lost by seven. I'll give it to them. That's not bad, especially when they have it won with um, Vucevic in the lineup uh, be, uh, up until that point. So, 
I'll give it to him. That kind of really started off their winning streak, getting a close loss against the Jazz. Um, Vucevic is working very well with Zach Levine. It's not kind of like an Aaron Gordon situation where, Aaron, where Aaron Gordon just can't get great production when uh, Vucevic is having great production there. They're winning games here, three straight games, and Thaddeus Young is having some solid contribution here to the starting lineup now that he's back, or now that he is in the starting lineup here for the Bulls. I love it. He's a great number four for this team. And then off the bench, they're having decent success. Kobe White is decently getting it done. We just saw Daniel Tice last night absolutely get it done, and I'm all about this Bulls team. They made some absolutely fantastic moves here um, in the uh, at the trade deadline. Lori Markkanen absolutely getting it done, and same thing with Kobe White. So this is a decently good team. You got the big three up there. I'm including Thaddeus Young in a big three. This man's getting great production for his age out here. He's still getting it done. Love it. Uh, potential six man of the year candidate, depending on how many games he's going to end up winding with in the starting rotation. Now that he's in the starting rotation now, uh, but either way. Got great production from Thaddeus Young off the bench. Now getting it done in the starting lineup as well. And like I said, the bench of just Kobe White and Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice is thriving on this team. He's having, I mean, where he can kind of come in and come off the bench and just get that great production. Where he had to be the man in the Celtics, he really couldn't get it done. He was decent there in the starting lineup of the Celtics, but nothing great. Um, and then off this bench here, he's still getting that same great production that he had for the starters of the Celtics. But now doing it for the bench, where it, it actually shows a lot more, which is, you know, making them win here. So absolutely love this Bulls team. Watch out for this Bulls team truly folks they are going to get it done three game win streak they have a little bit of a tough week coming up I think they've got the Grizzlies coming up this week so you know they are still gonna have to earn their spot here at number 10 but they're fi they finally started to win here with Vucevic they took like three games before you know they got on this winning streak to kind of figure everything out now that they're here don't know if they'll ever lose I think I think they're gonna win out for the rest of the season so Bulls at number 10 watch out for the Bulls love it Alrighty, new number nine team. We are going to give it to the Hawks. Alrighty. Um, they started at number 10 coming into this week. We move them up one spot. So this last week, they beat the Pelicans twice in the Warriors, and then they lost to the Grizzlies. Not a great loss there. Some Not even decent wins. I mean, I think the Pelicans were without you know their main people. But the way, the way that the Hawks are playing and the way that they're getting great production from all their players, that's why we're going to keep them in the top 10. They're winning with Lou Williams. They just lost last night, unfortunately. That's when the uh, the loss against the Grizzlies came. But uh, truly a little bit of an unfortunate loss there. But um, Trey Young and Clint Capella, they didn't have Clint Capella last night. Who did they have last night? Um, let's get back to here. Um, Oh, no, they didn't even play last night. That was two nights ago. All right. Uh, but let's get back here. <laughs> Either way. Hawks at number nine. Um, you know, Trey Young, Clint Capella can get it done. Uh, Lou Williams has been a great addition here for this squad. Um, so he's getting their points production that they needed off the bench. That's why the Hawks weren't that great. They didn't have that great of a bench. But now that Lou Williams is there, he's really kind of shoring up this team. So we're going to keep the Hawks here in the top ten, even though not the greatest week. It wasn't anything great. Losing against the Grizz or um, yeah, losing against the Grizzlies was kind of a bad loss there. No really great wins, but we're going to give them another week here. Let's see what they can do. Let's see if their kind of schedule gets a little bit harder, and let's see if they can start winning against kind of these better teams coming up this week. So we're, we'll have the Hawks at number nine. 
Alrighty, new number 17. We move them up. Uh, what do we got? Uh, one spot here. The new number eight team is going to be the Mavericks. Alrighty. Chris Stapp, Porzingis, Luka Doncic, obviously the two best weapons there. They're getting it done. In the last week, they went 4-1. Uh, and one. They beat the Knicks, the Wizards, the Jazz, and the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks, obviously, without Giannis. And then they did lose to the... Uh, Rockets. Losing against the Rockets was definitely a bad loss there. Um, but, um, you know, four wins here this week. I'll give it to them. You know, Krista Porzingis, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic is just getting it done every single It's truly almost impossible to stop him. And Tim Hardaway Jr. coming off the bench, he's actually, I would say he's sixth man of the year candidate, folks. This man's having great production off the bench here. He's getting you those 15 to 19 points a game, which this Mavs team needs because kind of without, you know, Luka Doncic and Krista Porzingis, we don't get a lot of consistent scoring potential from really anybody else except for Tim Hardaway Jr. coming off the bench. So they've got a decent squad here. They're winning games. They're like 7-3 and three in their last 10, so they are consistently winning games. And, uh, you know, Luka Doncic, until people can start stopping this man, we're going to keep this uh, team in the power ranking. So we got the Mavs at number 8. Alrighty, now let's go to the new number seven team, and this is a new team here in the top ten, and we're giving it up for the Grizzlies, folks. Yes, sir. They're now, what, like three games above 500, the best spot they've been in all season, I'm almost certain. They're currently the number eighth seed here in the West, and they've also played a lot less games than other players, or than other teams have. They're, a lot of their games have gotten canceled there at kind of that front front part of the season, so they've been slowly making those games up. Or I don't know if they made the games up yet, but they will. So, you know, this record here, they're going to be playing more games, you know, at the end of the season than, you know, some of these other teams are. So watch out for this Grizzlies team. Seven and three in their last 10. Four game winning streak. Absolutely fantastic. Their wins this week beating the Timberwolves, the 76ers, the Heat, and the Hawks. So very decent, solid wins out there. The 76ers, I think they won without Joel Embiid. Uh, so definitely could have been a better, a little bit of a better win, but they beat the Heat and the Hawks and that's what I'm about some solid competition there so very well done to this Grizzlies team John Morant's getting it done Vucevic is getting it or Valanchunas is getting it done Grayson Allen's even having some really kind of great scoring nights as well so Grizzlies they are impressing me um Coming off their bench, um, a little lackluster. That's where you know, kind of, you know, this kind, of, this Grizzlies team falls apart just a little bit. Their bench, they're not that deep or don't have that kind of star power off the bench. But Dylan Brooks still gets it done in the starting lineup. So they've really got a nice starting lineup out there. They're getting it done defensively. They're getting it done offensively. They can put up the points. They can hold you to points. So this Grizzlies team, watch out all season long. They've been kind of, you know, one game above 500, then you know, a game below. 500 then back to 500 then back below 500 by a game then back up above 500 by a game but they they've kind of gotten it figured out after this trade deadline like we said a four game winning streak they're three games above 500 I don't think they've been that high above 500 all season everything is coming right for this Grizzlies team so we're going to pay them some respect here put them at the number seven seed here in our power rankings let's see if they can continue to kind of get better continue to kind of do what they're be they've been doing and which is winning games and let's see if they can kind of climb this ladder here in our power rankings but very good showing this week we move them up to number seven Alrighty, number six, we are going to leave the 76ers here at the number six position. This last week, they went 2-1. Uh, and one. They beat the 
Uh, Timberwolves and the Celtics losing to the Grizzlies. Once again, the Grizzlies getting the win here against one of these top 10 teams. Um, so this 76ers team, they haven't had Joel Embiid. Uh, you know, he came back for a game, then was out for a game, then was back. He's back tonight or no, he was back the last game. Uh, but yeah, the 76ers team, we're going to leave them at number six just because, you know, the in and out of, you know, when they have Joel Embiid, they're very good. When they don't have Joel Embiid, you know, they're still decent. They can still be kind of, you know, the, the average to below average teams kind of consistently without Joel Embiid. But let's see if the, the 76ers with a full week of Joel Embiid back finally, not, you know, missing a game in a game, then back in. Um I mean, the starting lineup is absolutely fantastic. I love it. Joel Embiid is obviously fantastic. We all know this. Tobias Harris is so freaking consistent, and he also steps up when Joel Embiid is not there. Danny Green, this past, like, week, week and a half, has been absolutely lights out from three, which is ex the only thing we need him to do. The three is the defense. Ben Simmons' defense, absolutely always there. And then we just need Seth Curry. Seth Curry is honestly the weakest link in the starting lineup, but when he's on, watch out for this team. Then you got Dwight Howard coming off the bench getting like nine rebounds in like four minutes off the bench. It's just absolutely great play by him. And Shake Milton can be that kind of other score if you need another score besides Tobias Harris and Danny Green and um, Joel Embiid and Seth Curry. If they're not getting it done, you could rely on Shake Milton coming off the bench. So the 76ers team has one of the best starting lineups in the league. And they're, they're, they've got some nice bench pieces. They're not like deep. They're not the deepest team, but they're not not deep. They got solid pieces out here that can kind of make up for the lack of production from the starters. If you need rebounds, you got Dwight Howard. If you got scoring, if you need scoring, you got Shake Milton. So 76ers will stay at number six here for this week. Alrighty, new number five team because we told y'all the Blazers are no longer here at number five. So the new number five team taking a little bit of a step back here is going to be the Jazz moving down from four to five. So the Jazz this week have beaten the Bulls in the, the Magic and the Blazers, but then they lose to the Mavericks and the Suns. So not great losses there for this Jazz team, especially against the Suns. I mean, the, the Suns and the Jazz are fighting for that number one seed in the West and the Clippers are making their way up as well uh but the jazz here at number five i mean their starting lineup is great and they have jordan clarkson i mean he can get you the 19 points off the bench which is just absolutely fantastic you got joe ingles coming off the bench i mean the starting lineup of bogdanovich and rudy gobert and donovan mitchell and mike Connolly. it's just it's it's absolutely fantastic that starting lineup is truly great donovan mitchell's been clutch as clutch it can be this season so it's just kind of this last week here losing to the suns i mean that's who their rival is, so we have to kind of move them back for that loss alone, and that's kind of why they're just moving back. They're very a solid team. They can on any given night they can beat any given team. That's they can do that. But uh, for right now, what we've been seeing for this kind of last like week and a half here for the Jazz is just they seem they seem very good, but you know they seem kind of the worst of the best teams here. It's like they can't beat like they can't. I don't know, you know, like what we've just said. You know, the best teams this this week that they beat were the Blazers, which is a good win. But then, you know, the Mavericks and the Suns, which, you know, we had them better than the Blazers right now. So this Jazz team, yes, they're good, but we need to see them start to beat some of these better te teams, these top teams in the East and the top teams in the West. And until they do that, we have to keep on dropping them back. So number five, it's a very solid spot here in the power rankings. But for this absolutely stacked Jazz team, it's a little bit of an underwhelming 
performance. And when they had to beat that Nuggets team, when they had to face that Nuggets team, man, uh, we know they flounder because the Nuggets are truly their kryptonite. Um, any big, solid shooting uh, center that can shoot the three very well gives the Jazz team trouble just because Rudy Gobert can't really guard the perimeter that much. That's what really kind of hurt him against the Suns. They were really kind of manipulating Rudy Gobert into getting kind of in between the zone of blocking down lower on the perimeter. And that's where Chris Paul would just hit some nice floaters over him. They were able to hit some nice threes on him. Jay Crowder can hit the three. DeAndre Ayton can hit the three. It's unfortunate for uh, Rudy Gobert out there. So do have to j drop the Jazz back a spot here to number five. Alrighty, new number four team in man, oh man, man, oh man, truly unfortunate, truly, truly unfortunate, but we do have to move this team back a little bit here, and for some certain reason, so let's talk about it, the Suns are dropping from three to four, if the Suns just beat the Clippers last night, we would have moved the Suns up to number one, we would have had no problem, because they would have just beaten the Jazz, and then the very next night, they had to go on the road and beat the Clippers, unfortunately, they kind of floundered at the back end of the that fourth quarter they were kind of in it all game just couldn't close it out unfortunately Paul George was clutch as heck Ronda was clutch as heck able to beat the Suns last night so we do have to move the Suns back a little bit because we have to make way for the number three team and for a head-to-head -head matchup I'm gonna give it to the winner so unfortunately the Suns have to move back a little bit here they're absolutely fantastic Chris Paul is playing out of his mind uh, um, Devin Booker has been playing out of his mind as well not last night but for the last like week and a half the man's been putting up like 35 points a game just getting it done absolutely very well done against the Jazz it was absolutely fantastic the DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crawford, I mean, a great duo there. The DeAndre Ayton can get it done down low. Jay Crowder is still hitting those big threes and still being great defensively. They've got a solid bench of Dario Saric and Cameron Payne and Cameron Johnson who can all give us 10-plus points on a nightly basis off the bench, and that's kind of what the Suns team needs. Uh, so the Suns are very good, don't get us wrong, but unfortunately they lost last night against the Clippers, which brings us up to number three and a huge jump here. Here up for the Clippers. Yes, sir. May, not even being on the list coming into this week to being number three here. This last week has been absolutely fantastic for the Clippers. They've beaten the Blazers, they've beaten the Suns, and they've beaten the Lakers. Obviously, the Lakers is not that great of a win, but this Clippers team is really starting to shore it up here at the back half of the season. Going into last week as well, they are on uh, they're eight and two in their last ten, so just absolutely fantastic here for them, getting it done, shoring it up. Paul George, I mean, he's been absolutely fantastic here this last like week. He just put up like thirty plus points against the Suns last night. Like I said, he was uh, like automatic from three. I think he missed like one three on like eight attempts last night, just getting it done. Kawhi Leonard is getting it done, and that new addition of Rondo playoff Rondo is officially here, folks. We saw he was struggling. Who was he? with um uh he was where was where was rondo before he got traded to the clippers uh the hawks but they weren't even using him and he wasn't even having any success out there but now he's on a uh, championship contender team he knows what it takes to win he's got some great shooters around him that he can facilitate the floor with and that's exactly what he did last night against the sun so clippers um 
Got to put them here to number f- two, number three. They're getting it done. We can start respecting this Clippers team for shoring it up here at the back half of the season. Hey, well, that's when it counts, man. I know we've been kind of knocking the Clippers because of the load management of Kawhi and just kind of the inconsistencies in their lineup and, you know, not having a great big. We like Serge Ibaka, but, uh, you know, of just kind of the points and the rebound, he's a little underwhelming and kind of these other bigs of Jokic and what Rudy Gobert can do, what Montrose Harold is doing off the bench for the uh, the Lakers, uh, what Clint Capella is doing, what Vucevic is doing, what Joel Embiid is doing, what DeAndre Ayton is doing. So it's just like compared to all these other bigs, you know, Serge Ibaka is still good out there, don't get us wrong, but compared to what everybody else is doing at that five position, it's a little underwhelming. Zubox, nothing great. Uh, he's solid once again, but compared to everybody else, he's a little lackluster. They just got Demarcus Cousins, but uh, you know, so the Clippers this entire season have been kind of you know injury ridden, load management written, never really getting it all together. But here we go, eight and two in their last ten, shoring it up. Everybody's kind of playing together now. We're getting Rondo on the team, acclimating him, and Paul George is having some great nights. So we'll give the Clippers the number three seed here. Let's see if they can keep it up. Every time we kind of, you know, believe in the Clippers, they really kind of take big steps back. So hopefully they don't do that this week. And we'll uh, praise them at number three here for this week. Alrighty, and that brings us to the number two and number one. And I think we're going to have a little bit of a switch here, baby. Let's get a new number one team here this week. So let's give it up for uh, the Nets at number two and the Nuggets at number one, but let's talk about the Nets first here at, well, you know what? Let's go to the Nuggets first. Let's talk about the Nuggets first at number one and why we're putting them at number one for this week. Well, they're 3-0 and this week, beating the Magic, the Pistons, and the Spurs now. Not great wins, but they went undefeated this week while the Nets did not. So that's really the only reason why we're making the switch here. We still don't have James Harden back in that lineup there. Um, I mean, hands down, this Nets team is deep, and they're absolutely great. Don't get us wrong, but we're going to give it up to the Nuggets this week for going undefeated. They were very, very close of last week of getting number one, but we held them out because uh, we wanted to see what they would do this week. Great showing this week. Against not great competition, I get it, but hey, we're not going to knock you for what you're supposed to be doing out here, and Aaron Gordon in this lineup has not lost a game. Now, this Nuggets team isn't that deep. They got Paul Millsap off the bench. That's really it, and uh, the only reason why he's going to be successful off the bench is because he's been in a starting lineup the entire season. Uh, so he, he, he can he knows what production he needs to have out there. But, I mean, man, oh, man, this starting lineup of Jamal Murray and Joe Kick and Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon and nobody's production is taking a hit of Aaron Gordon getting into the starting lineup. How crazy is that? Michael Porter Jr. still putting up 20 points a game on efficiency from three. Jamal Murray still putting up 20 points a game and, like, seven assists. Joe Kick is still getting, you know, 25-plus points out there. The big old rebounds, the big old assists, the, still spreading the floor with the three. So this Nuggets team is absolutely absolutely great in their starting roster now where they fall a little bit behind is their bench but they've been showing us that they don't even need to use their bench on this nice seven game wins or yeah seven game win streak that they're on with Aaron Gordon they're just getting it done with the starting roster so we're gonna give this Nuggets team a week at number one let's see if they can keep it up here hopefully they don't flounder so we'll keep them at number one. Oh, so we'll move them to number one. And then for the Nets, I mean, they did finally get Kevin Durant back, which, I mean, the league is on notice now. And the man just shot 100% his first game back of not playing an entire freaking season. How wild, wild, wild. Uh, five shots, folks. Five shots, 17 points, 100%. No big deal. 
So, and they're deep. We all know they're deep. Kyrie Irving's fantastic. James Harden's great. Potential MVP candidate if he can kind of be healthy and be back out on the floor. He may be missing a little bit too many games here. Um, so, Nets at number two. They are very deep. They did lose against the Bulls this week, though. So, that's the only difference between the Nets and the Nuggets this week alone. The Nets have a loss. The Nuggets don't. We move the Nuggets up to one. I want to see what they can do. We're giving them a chance here at number one. Do not let us down. Nuggets. We love that Nuggets team. So, this is the power rank. Going into this week, Bulls at 10, Hawks at 9, Mavs at 8, Grizzlies at 7, 76ers at 6, Jazz at 5, Suns at 4, Clippers at 3, Nets at 2, and Nuggets are the best team in the NBA. Um, so, uh, big, big high hopes on the Bulls this week, big high hopes on the Nuggets this week to kind of claim their spots or for the Bulls to move up a little bit. Uh, don't want to see the Clippers kind of flounder after we, after we just put them at number three and let's see how the Jazz and, uh, the 76ers can do here at six and five. All right, for like outside looking in, obviously the Heat are outside looking in. I mean, uh, it, it really just came down to, you know, who you played this week and who you beat this week for them to kind of get inched out of the starting or the top 10. Um, so, I mean, for the East, I mean, the Heat are really the only team outside looking in. Maybe the Celtics, we have to see a little bit more of them consistently if they kind of want to get acclimated. we got to see Evan Fournier back from this COVID-19 thing. Um so the Heat are outside looking in for the East. And then for the West, what do we got? Maybe the Blazers. But, I mean, this week has really left a sour taste in my mouth for them, unfortunately, truly. Um, and then that's really it. <laughs> that's really it. Basically just the Heat outside looking in, honestly. And then maybe the Blazers if they can kind of turn it around this week. So we'll see what happens this week. And then we'll update our power, power rankings next Friday, folks. So we'll see what happens with the top ten. Alrighty, that is going to do it for us this week. Um, we unfortunately, well, actually, let's try to do this very quickly because we forgot to uh, update the, our MVP race numbers, these uh, award-winning numbers out here. So uh, let's see who played yesterday. Let's start here with the MVP race. All right, so Giannis, the Bucks did not, or the Bucks did play last night, so he did not play. So you get minus three points for that. But I'm going to bump it up to minus. Two, just because they lost big without him. Uh, I'm not going to do minus one just because, I mean, that's two straight games of him not playing. Let's get real. So, Giannis goes down to zero points officially in our MVP race. Uh, the Nets did not play last night, so we don't have to worry about Harden. Uh, Joel Embiid, the 76ers did not play last night, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, Damian Lillard did play last night, and he lost. Oh, my goodness. A loss. That's minus two points. Uh, let's see what his kind of production did. He led the team in scoring. He was a minus 16 on the floor and a minus when they when they lost by 19. Ugh. Six assists, led the team in assists. Shot 25% from three, though. So I think we're going to leave it at minus two points for Damian Lillard for the loss. So Damian Lillard goes down to zero points as well. Darn. Um, all right. And then uh, Jokic, did he play last night? No, they did not. So we don't have to worry about them. So Jokic is still our front runner for MVP with 10 points. All right, let's go to the sixth man. Montrez Harold did play yesterday. All right, the Lakers did play. The Lakers lost. So that's minus two points. But let's see what his production did. He put up 10 points and 9 rebounds. Um, the uh, He shot 75% of minus 5 off the bench. So we'll give him minus 1 here. Minus 2 for the loss. And we'll give him a point there for decent production. So he'll go to 6 points overall. 
Jordan Clarkson did play last night. The Jazz were able to get the win over the Blazers. Jordan Clarkson did not play though. Remember? Remember? So we got to move. Uh, we got to give him minus three for not playing. And then they still they still blew him out and no trouble there. So we'll leave it at minus three. So now Jordan Clarkson's at a minus one there for the sixth man of the year. Not great. He is currently in last. Tim Hardaway Jr. did play last night. The Mavericks got the win over the Bucks. Alrighty, so let's uh, look at Tim Hardaway Jr. He get two points for a win, but he only had 12 points, a little bit lighter than what he did. He was a minus 14 on the floor as well. So you get two points for a win. We'll give him, uh, we'll subtract a point from his production. So we'll only give him a total of one point, moving him up to seven. And then Thaddeus Young also played last night for the big old Bulls. Uh, they get the win. Fantastic. Thaddeus Young put up 11 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. Fantastic. He was second in rebounds for the squad. He also was a minus 9 on the floor in a 9-point win. So not the greatest there. So you get 2 points for a win, and we'll just leave it at 2 points there. So he will be bumped up to 9 points. Alrighty, now that's going to do it for us today. Let's quickly see if anything's breaking as we were live. Anything out here? Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are the best shooters I've played with. Joe Harris is definitely right up there getting there. Absolutely. I mean, we talk about Joe Harris as consistent as heck for this Nets team. Uh, if it wasn't for Joe Harris, he this Nets team would not have as many wins as they would have right now just because of how well he was playing when, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie weren't or, you know, just making up for that lack of scoring production when they needed somebody else to. And he was always consistent, so. Definitely uh, love that Kevin Durant's giving him a lot of respect, putting him in the kind of Curry and Clay Thompson category of great shooters. Love it. All right, anything else? Nothing else looking like it. So that's going to do it for us today. Did DMX finally die, unfortunately? DMX, the raps, the raspy voice hip-hop artist who produced the songs Rough Riders, Anthem, and Party Up, and who rapped with a trademark delivery that's was so often paired with growls and barks and what um as an ad lib has died truly truly unfortunate man what a legend man oh man 50 man darn so truly r.i.p dmx one of the goats lived a great life 50 years man it's a lot but it's also not you know what i mean <sighs> unfortunate all right that's gonna do it for us tonight Listen to some DMX. X is going to give it to you. Everybody remember his uh, Coachella performance where it looked like he was singing in front of the entire world. RIP to one of the greatest. All right. So we're back tomorrow after we mourn the man. Um, so back tomorrow live noon Eastern. All righty, folks. We're out of here. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. RIP DMX.